awesome. Keep giving it up for these guys. Give it up for God this morning as well. Jesus, our redemption. You can have a seat. Thanks so much for being here today. Hopefully those lyrics do something to you. Hopefully those lyrics stir something up inside of you. Maybe you came in here today. Maybe there's a lot of things competing for your attention. There's a lot of things competing for your thoughts and your mind. And you hear those lyrics, Jesus, our redemption. He is in the business of redeeming lives. Amen. And hopefully that is why you showed up or at least one of the reasons why you showed up this morning, because we do, we do believe that Jesus is in the business of changing and redeeming lives. I'm a personal witness to that and uh, just thankful for it. So hopefully you guys are as well. So glad to have each and every one of you with us today. I've met a lot of new people. And for those of you that accepted an invitation and came here, thank you. We know that's not always easy to accept an invitation. That's actually what we're going to be talking about today at length is the power of invitation. I'll get to that in just a moment. But if it is your first time with us, uh, I would love the opportunity to meet you if I haven't already had that opportunity. I'm usually hanging out at Next Steps which is out in the lobby, out in the docks. And so after we're done today, if you uh, don't mind stopping by, just saying hi, I would really appreciate that. I'd be honored just to shake your hand and say thanks for joining us this morning. Well, today we are kicking off this new two-week series called Ask It. And like I already mentioned, we're going to be taking a deeper dive and looking at the power and the possibilities of an invitation. Now, if you've been coming for at least a few months now, you've likely heard me make the statement that none of us truly knows, none of us truly know what hangs in the balance of any given invitation. And oftentimes invitations can lead to something that the person that was doing the inviting never would have expected. I mean, I've experienced that. And maybe if you were to take a quick inventory in your own life, you would see that maybe some of the bigger breakthroughs, some of the bigger moments in your life came to fruition on the other end of an invitation. About 20 plus years ago, I was invited to go to something called Promise Keepers. Some of you maybe have been there. Uh, it's a big men's event. And at this point in my life, my early 20s, at this point in my life, uh, I mean, I believed in Jesus and I did church when it was convenient, but I kind of had a pseudo faith and wasn't really completely committed to giving God my life. I wanted to kind of believe in him, but keep him over on the shelf when I wanted to do other things that I wanted to do that he didn't want me to do. But I went to this event, and for the first time, I had somebody speak to this place in my heart that hadn't been spoken to. And I remember they were saying that men need to be warriors. Men need to stay in the fight win the battles that matter the most. Don't throw in the towel. And even if you feel like you've struck out in life at times, and some of you feel that way today, but I, I was hearing this message, if, even if you feel like you've struck out in life, certain areas of life, keep stepping back up to the plate because there are some battles that are worth fighting and there are definitely some battles that are worth winning. It was a drastic change in my life and trajectory of my faith. I think back to when Emily and I first met. She was raised Catholic, I was raised Baptist, and so you can imagine that we had some interesting conversations entering into our relationship, but neither one of us would have, told, would have said that we were very passionate about our faith at the time, and then we had a friend invite us to another church, a church kind of like Trace, and it's hard to put words to it, but the best way I think I can is to tell you that it just grew the spiritual vitality within us in an exponential way. We started learning what it meant to radically love people in the name of Jesus. 
we started learning what it meant, what Jesus meant when he said, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross daily, deny yourself, and follow me. In other words, there's all sacrifices and preferences that we need to set aside for the sake of following Jesus the way he wants us to. And that church radically changed the trajectory of our faith. See, oftentimes some of the biggest breakthroughs that we have in life happen because we were invited into something. And oftentimes the person that's doing the inviting has no idea what God will do with that invitation. I get to see this happen all the time. I get to see how your invitation, the person that showed up here or has showed up here before in the past because you simply invited them, I get to watch God take an invitation and lead it to a spiritual transformation. So let me say it one more time. None of us knows what really hangs in the balance of any given invitation. And listen to me, and we never will unless we ask it. This is why our leadership team here at Trace has decided that over the next six months, we wanna create what I'm calling an invite culture. We wanna create this culture of constantly and consistently inviting people to come and see what God is doing here. And maybe God can do something with our invitation that far exceeded any of our expectations. And again, I get to see this happen all the time. Now, if you were here a few months ago, I did some quick math for us and I talked about how since we have about 10 people on our staff team, if we were to give out five invitation cards every week for six months, if just our staff team gave out five invitation cards every single week, that would be 1,300 invitations. And when I was talking about that specifically, I also did some more math that I was a little bit off on. And to make fun of myself this morning, I wanted to show you the clips. So check this out. And by the way, I did the math. If each of you did that as well, just hand out five invitation cards each and every week based on about 550 adults that are in here on any given Sunday, that's over 8,000 invitations that will be extended to someone. But let me be clear about this. Now, to be fair to myself, it is over 8,000, but it's a lot more than 8,000. It's actually 71,500. So two lessons to learn from this. Number one, don't do math in public. And number two, if you do, don't ever start with, I did the math. It just makes you look worse. <laughs> but think about it. 70, like, Again, on average, around 550 adults, it's not counting kids or students here. 71,000, over 71,000 invitations extended in a six-month period. If we all committed together to just extend the invitation and let God take it from there. Now, maybe you're wondering why this is so important to us and in turn, why it should be so important to you. And it's a fair question. And I would simply tell you that as the lead pastor of this church, God has given, given me a unique vantage point. He's given me a unique seat to be able, and I would say almost like a front row seat, to be able to, to watch how he can take a simple invitation that we extend and lead to a radical transformation. And I've seen this and I've observed this so many times that I finally sat our team down and said, guys, I believe our wig, which is what we call our wildly important goal, our wig for the next six months needs to be to create a culture of invitation in this church because I get to see it ha happen too often to not take this more seriously, that God will take our, <clears throat> excuse me, invitations and lead them to spiritual transformations. I think about my friend Hannah who about a year ago, she was downtown, she was working at a, a little shop and a young girl named Madeline came into the shop and 
They struck up a conversation, and with time, church came up. And Hannah ex- extended the invitation. It's like, hey, if you, you're up for it, I'd love to invite you to come to my church. Now, I just talked to Madeline last service, and she told me that when that invitation happened, she goes, so I ended up coming a couple weeks later after Hannah invited me, but I didn't want to tell her that I was coming because if I didn't like the church, I didn't want to have to let her down. But Hannah extended the invitation, Madeline comes to church. God starts to work in her life. She heard us talk about this thing that we ask all of you to go through called Rooted. Madeline joined Rooted. And during that 10-week Rooted experience, God started to radically change her. And ultimately, that one invitation led to Hannah baptizing Madeline at our Rooted celebration. You never know what hangs in the balance of any given invitation. I think about my friend Courtney, who invited her friend Trish. Actually, she had been inviting her friend Trish for many years to come to church. And every now and then, Trish would take her up on it. Well, one of the times that Trish took her up on that invitation was this past Easter here at Trace. And little did they know that by the end of that service, this would be the moment that they shared together. None of us know what hangs in the balance of any given invitation, but we often overlook what God could do. We often don't think about the significance in any given invitation because maybe we haven't seen a spiritual formation come to fruition. But it's simply our job just to extend the invitation because invitation often, often precedes transformation. One of my favorite passages in scripture where I feel like this is, Uh, depicted well is in the beginning of John's gospel in John chapter one. And I'll set the stage for us. Before Jesus came on scene, there was a prophet uh, by the name of John the Baptist, often known as John the Baptizer, who was to come before Jesus. And his main job was to tell people that Jesus is coming. Now they didn't know what his name was going to be, but he was saying the Messiah is coming, the kingdom is near. And so John the Baptist, his job was to let people know, to prepare people, prepare the way for Jesus to come. Now, during the teachings of John, he started to uh, get some followers, some disciples, and disciple uh, simply means a student or a pupil. And so he starts to get his own disciples that are following him, listening to him tell about the coming Messiah. And then one day, John's teaching, and he sees Jesus coming at a distance. And he says, behold, the Son of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's the guy I've been telling you about. There he is, he's here. Now with that, these two guys that have been following John decided to go and follow Jesus and we pick up in verse 38. Jesus looked around and saw them following him and he says, what do you want? They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him until the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John had said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah. Let me say it differently. We have found who we have been looking for. We found him, the Messiah, the Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John. 
but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now, I think it would be fun one day if you, one of you guys invites a friend to Trace, and you bring them up and you introduce them to me, and you're like, hey, this is, this is my pastor, this is Pastor Aaron, Pastor Aaron, this is April, and I just look at them and I say, your name is April, daughter of a man and woman, but today you will be called Oprah. Like, like <laughs> wouldn't that be fun? I mean, they probably will never come back, but that would just be fun. If you ever want to take me up on it, let's do it. They will, they'll never know it's coming. You got to wait until you find somebody named April, though. April, and then, okay, moving on. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person that Moses and the prophets wrote about. Once again, we have found who we have been looking for. His name is Jesus. He's the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And I love Nathaniel's response. Nazareth? <laughs> Can anything good come from Nazareth? Now, contextually, wouldn't we probably all agree that people have that response to church sometimes? Church? Can anything good come from church? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. Don't miss it. The reason the apostle Peter started following Jesus was not because he saw his death, burial, and resurrection. It wasn't even because he saw a miracle. The reason that Peter started following Jesus was because of an invitation from his brother. And think of all the things that Peter accomplished for the church, specifically in the early church, that paved the way for so many of us to be where we're at today. It all started with an invitation. So let me say it again. You never know what hangs in the balance of an invitation, and you never will unless you ask it. And since we too have found who we have been looking for, hopefully you can share that sentiment with me. Since we have found who we have been looking for, then what's keeping us from inviting people to come and see? Guys, knowing the source of transformation should lead to boldness with our invitations. Can I slow down and say it again? Because we know the source of where transformation comes from, knowing the source of transformation should lead all of us to be more bold with our invitations. Don't fall victim to what I would call Christian atheism, which means we believe all the right things, but if you pay attention to our actions, it doesn't look as if we believe what we say is true is true. Guys, what else do we need? Think about it. What else do we need? If we know the source of where transformation comes from, what else do we need to start being more bold with our invitations, inviting people to come and see because we have found who we've been looking for? Last week, I talked about the importance of creating margin in our lives, specifically creating margin for God. And I talked about how God often uses the margin that we set aside for him to show up and show us something that we couldn't have seen on our own. Like God will meet us in the midst of that margin that we specifically set aside from, for him just a specific amount of time with an intentional focus and we invite God into that specific time and God will show you something that you couldn't have never seen on your own. But I also talked about how God uses those moments, those margin moments to create a moment for you in him. He creates a moment, and then I took that a step further and talked about how God wants to use you to be a moment maker in the life of somebody else. 
to which I would marry those two together now and tell you maybe one of the greatest ways for you to be a moment maker for someone else is by inviting them to come and see because you know the source of transformation. Not too long ago, uh, Dave, one of our pastors here on staff, had a side hustle as an Uber driver and he was driving Uber one day and picked up a gentleman by the name of Charles. And they strike up a conversation and Charles really quickly gets real and lets Dave know that he had recently gotten out of prison uh, for several different things, but he had been in some gang violence, was even a gang leader in Los Angeles. But when he was in prison, he came to know Jesus and surrendered his life to Jesus. And so with that, Dave invited him to come and be a part of what we're doing here at Trace. And he said, I'll tell you what, if you'll come to Trace with me, I'll even pick you up and not charge you. <laughs> there you go. The second time that Dave picked up Charles and brought him to church, Charles had a friend with him named Cedric. Charles had invited Cedric to come and see what God is doing and what God could do in his life. Dave ended up taking Cedric out to lunch one day and had a deeper conversation with him about faith, about surrendering his life to Jesus. And little did Dave ever know that that, that Uber drive would have led to this moment right here. None of us knows. None of us knows what hangs in the balance of any invitation, and none of us will if we don't ask it. And by the way, that story is not done yet because both Cedric and Charles continue to invite others to this church. Why? Because they know this is the kind of church that teaches that hope is for everyone. Amen? Hope, yeah, go ahead. Hope is for everyone, and through Jesus, anything can happen. And so can I look at each of you today and tell you not to miss your opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity because your bold invitation could lead to a breakthrough in someone else's life. I get to see this all the time. I hope you can see this, and I hope I don't have to convince you of this. I believe the Spirit of God is moving powerfully in and through the life of this church. Powerfully. And this is where I'd probably get in our face a little bit. Listen to me. If, if there's not a desire for us to invite people into a space and place where we believe the Spirit of God is moving, where God can take an invitation and lead to a spiritual transformation, where God can take your bold invitation and give somebody a breakthrough. If we believe that's, that's possible and we're not extending those invitations, does it look like we actually even believe the Spirit of God is working? Once again, I would challenge us not to fall into this rut of Christian atheism but instead keep inviting people to come and see. Now, I wanna go ahead and respond to the potential critic in the room or the critic that watches this online or sends me an email later because the critic would say, well, you don't have to invite people into the church. You don't have to invite people into this building for the spirit of God to show up in their life. The spirit of God is always working, to which I would say, yes, no argument there. The spirit of God is always working, always moving, but where you're misunderstanding me is I'm not telling you and I'm not telling me that we need to invite people into this building. 
This building just happens to be the space and the place where a bunch of awesome people are coming every single week who love Jesus and gathering in agreement underneath his gospel because we believe he's the only person that can transform and redeem lives, amen? Amen. This just happens to be the tool. You don't need this building. You could do it in your home. You could do it outside. But this building is where we gather together in agreement because we know that through Jesus, hope is for everyone and all things are possible. We gather in agreement because we believe Jesus still wants to set people free. We gather in agreement because we believe he still wants to restore marriages. We gather in agreement because we know he wants to make broken people whole. And he wants all of you to know and all the people that you have the ability to extend an invitation to, to know that hope is for everyone. And through him, all things are possible, which means all of us need to be more bold with our invitations to invite people to come and see. Now, what we don't have control over are the responses that we'll get to our invitations. And you know this, if you've been doing this for a while, and by this I mean extending invitations for people to come for a while, at some point you're probably gonna land on the guy, it's usually a guy, that says, I don't want anything to do with that organized religion. And I think he's Southern, like this is the guy that I'm portraying. I don't want anything to do with that organized religion. It's like, what do you say to that? I'm sorry, we'll try to make it more disorganized so you feel welcome. Like, what do you do with that? We can't control what people's response will be. It's not our responsibility of what the response is. But I do believe it's our responsibility that if we know the source of transformation, that we invite people to come and see. Knowing the source of transformation should lead all of us to more bold, be more bold with our invitations. So here's where I want to challenge us. <laughs> Over the next six weeks, let's just say six weeks, between now and our fall kickoff, which is our six-year anniversary on September 11th, I want you to extend more invitations than you've ever extended. I want you to take advantage of every moment that you have, and I want you to start praying for them. God, would you show me those moments? Maybe it's a stranger in a little shop downtown. Maybe it's in an Uber ride. Maybe you need to walk across the street. Would you be more bold with your invitations and extend more invitations than you ever have to people that God puts in your path? And again, I would tell you to take that a step further and pray for those opportunities to invite people to come and see. At the door today, we've got uh, invitation cards and we've got two different kind. We have one invitation card that says your story matters and one invitation card that says church doesn't suck. Now, I would honestly pray which card you need to give to which person because some people, depending on their church hurt story, when they get a church, a little invitation card that says church doesn't suck, it may, might get them to think a little bit differently. And for, the, for those of you that don't like that we say that, I'm sorry. Welcome to Trace. Like, this is who we are. And for what it's worth, we've never said our church doesn't suck. We've just said church doesn't suck, which means if they end up in another awesome church in Colorado Springs, praise be to God. I want to encourage you over the next six weeks, extend more invitations than you've ever extended. Start praying that God gives you those opportunities. Start praying that God helps you to see 
people when he puts them in your path. I'd take us all the way back to the beginning of our church when I first unveiled the mission of Trace Church to people that gathered with us on our first Sunday. I talked about how as a church, I wanted us to be different because I didn't want us to just be people that saw through people that were in our path, which we do this. We live, and again, this is another reason why margin is so important. We live, we live at such a pace in life, guys, that we don't, we don't even see the people in front of us anymore. And I remember getting up and challenging us. I want us to actually see people, the people that God is putting in our path, and then hopefully just asking a little prayer, God, is there a way I can leave a trace of your love in their life right now? God, is there a way that I could be a moment maker for this person by simply inviting them into something greater? I want you to extend more invitations than you ever have. I want you to pray for the opportunity to invite people to come and see. And I've given you this encouragement before and I promise you this works. If you don't wanna feel too weird or invasive in your ask, just simply say, do you do the church thing? It's such a nonchalant way to enter into that conversation. Hey, do you do the church thing? Because depending on how they respond to that question, you'll know whether or not you should back away quickly or if you can enter into that dialogue a little bit more deeply. Do you do the church thing? Oh, you're interested. Man, I'd love, love to invite you to come to Trace. And by the way, if, if you will, like if you let me know that you're coming, I'll stand out and wait for you. You've heard me say this before. It's one of my favorite things to see on Sundays. Some of you guys standing out front, whether it's in the lobby or outside, waiting on a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, a stranger that you invited to church. Because it's hard enough to come to a church for the first time on your own. But if you got somebody waiting on you, somebody expecting you, it makes it just a little bit easier. I would also tell you that we have a unique opportunity in front of us right now. You know, we know that COVID is still a thing, but for the most part, you know, the dust has settled with all the intensity around it and all the unknowns around it. But I would tell you that as a Christian leader and the observations that I've been able to make nationwide, I would tell you that as the dust of COVID settled, it settled downhill. And the reason I would say it that way, that it settled downhill is because of how many people got disconnected from the church and are still on the fringes of God's church and haven't stepped back in. And maybe they were already on the fringes. Maybe they just needed one more excuse. Maybe they were already on their way out the door. But I think we would all be surprised how many of them would walk back through the door if we just extended an invitation. People that have remained on the fringes and maybe used COVID as an excuse, but we'll never know. You'll never know unless we ask it. Let me close with this. Transformation is almost always preceded by an invitation. Think about it. Transformation is almost always preceded by an invitation. And your invitation, your invitation is often what can lead to a transformation in Jesus. And none of us knows truly what hangs in the balance of any given invitation. And we never will unless we ask it. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this morning. And God, thanks for the opportunity to kind of go back through my life, think about all the very strategic, well, not strategic, all the 
very influential invitations that came my way. The ones that I said yes to that ultimately led to another big faith step. God, I pray that as we all take survey and inventory in our own life and think about those those moments where we were invited into something that ultimately led to some kind of breakthrough, let us not be selfish with that, God. If it happened for us, let us be reminded that it can happen for anyone. And so God, I pray that you would help us to have eyes that see, that we don't see through people in front of us. And as we pray for you to set up divine appointments for us, people that we can extend an invitation to, an invitation to come and see because we know the source of transformation. I pray that we would be bold with our invitations, that we'd extend it, that we would ask it, that we would give it if it's an invitation card. And then let you take it from there. Because God, I hope that I speak for everyone in this room when I say we believe that you can take our invitation and bring about transformation. Father, would you guide us? Would you start to put people on our minds that maybe we haven't thought of in a while? Maybe we just need a little bit more courage to walk across the street and finally ask that neighbor. Maybe we need to, we need to slow down enough to see the people in front of us because it wasn't by accident they were there. God, give us courage to ask it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.